Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Hey, Hey, Sister. Hey, Sister, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Sister. I think I should be asking you, how are you doing? Hey, listen, uh, I'm here and I am on this side of the living, so that alone means that I'm doing great, right? All right, well, Amen. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. So, uh, hi, everybody, wherever you're tuning in from. Hello. Good evening. Thanks for tuning in this evening. Um, I'm Demetria. That's my sister, Christina. And we are Hey Sister. We come to you live on Sunday, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And whatever time zone you are in between, you fall somewhere in between. <laughs> So we are excited to be with you this Sunday. It is an evening of hot topics, tomfoolery, shenanigans, and chicanery, whatever you want to call it. But first, I got to say, sister, how was your week? My week was good. I mean, it was busy um, personally. Uh, you know, I had a speech this morning that I gave for Black History Month um, for our church at home. And so... I, um, I I spent a lot of time thinking about what that was going to sound like and um, putting it together. So overall, my week was fine. I think that, you know, you and I just having conversations about most of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. It's just like, when does it end? Like, thank, you know, I'm almost at the point where I'm almost like, Thank God now that I actually do still work from home because I'm not sure. And maybe this level of foolery wouldn't be happening if we weren't working from home. I don't know. Or maybe there was some other mechanism to block it out because we didn't have access to the news cycle so much. But man, I've been sitting here like, wow, you really do need a break from you're like from everything you really do and so but these airplane prices don't want me to be great so i guess girl I'm the way they're trying to do with the airline prices see they was begging us to get back on the plane now we won't get back on the plane and y'all won't price us out in spirit and frontier have merged and they got the audacity to try to charge six hundred dollars for a flight just for the flight just for the flight <laughs> Well, like Sunshine said, well, maybe clowning for real, and and you you can't even you can't even do like this in the seat. Stop <laughs> it. Anyway, well, y'all know what time it is. Um, I did a little lean back, so you see, I have my National Museum of African American History and Culture. If you've not been, I hope you go and take a visit. Um, go out there and visit. We want you to like, follow, share, subscribe, get in tune to the conversation in the comments. Join our conversation in the comments if you're out there and if you're watching. Um, we want you to be a part of the show. This is as much as for you to engage and get some things off of your chest as, as it is for us, for sure. And so with that being said, hey, Sonny LaBeouf, hey, how you doing? Girl, you're not out there in the Mardi Gras streets. Everybody else is, is Mardi Gras in already. It's like on Mardi Gras is on 10 already. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about hot topics. And let's talk about that for a little bit. You know, it's been since uh, 2020. 
uh, February 2020, and then right after um, Mardi Gras ended, the world closed and shut down. But I see so many friends and folks out there parading and having a good time. Uh, I have a little bit of FOMO, um, but, you know, I've done it all most of the years of my life. So not too much, but, you know, happy to see that it's happening, but also still ever presently concerned about the ongoing pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, while we know that it has been in decline uh it's not been in that much decline the last time i checked for orange county and i'll check again and i can drop a link so you can check your own county it was still we were at like a 12 percent positivity rate um if we remember correctly see people like to say well they change guidance all the time they do change guidance all the time they're looking at projections you know some of y'all don't know about statistics and biostatistics they're looking at projections so they're changing and adjusting guidance. Until that positivity rate is down in the one digits, then then I will feel better. That's just me. But I don't know about you, sister. Let's see. I, I don't think that, yeah, I, I, I've pretty much concluded that COVID is with us, right? So we'll just have to treat it like we treat the flu. For those who get a regular flu shot, they'll just have to get a regular COVID shot every year and are a booster every year. I think that's kind of where we are with it because um, for as many people who have decided to get the vaccination, there's it's just still not enough. So um, it's just one of those things that I think, you know, what they announced yesterday that California has moved from uh, pandemic to is it endemic or something like that status so um so basically yeah i feel like a lot of states have decided that you know it's no longer worth it for their economy to um shut down or to have the level of mask mandates that they've had so you know all i can say is let's just all be safe and if, if we can't protect other people protect ourselves at very least. Yeah, I, I would say that, um, that as well. And um, I, I would just encourage you, I'm gonna just kind of put this this whole site here. You can monitor this and track this. That's the wonderful thing about, um, about information. Information is available to all of us. Um, it's just how do we use that information? So it's there, you can type in your specific zip code and find out details about the positivity rate, about hospitalizations and you really get a snapshot. I'm looking at our hometown right now. Um, whoo, that vaccination rate is, is whew, still woefully low. Um, so well, yeah, I mean I would I would venture to also say that after after Hurricane Ida that that also kind of went on the back burner for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, so Absolutely. Well, knowledge is power. Y'all know we all about knowledge. <laughs> so get the information you need to succeed. But let's get into some of these top topics for this evening. Some of the, um, like we said, chicanery, foolishness, shenanigans. So on on last Sunday, there was this football game that so <laughs> there was this football game that many of you you watch. So um, I did uh, go on to, I think one of my friends dropped the YouTube link to watch the halftime show. I went ahead, I watched that probably Monday or Tuesday of this week. 
And hey, shout out to the legends and the greats um, in the hip hop game. So for me personally, um, you know, 50 Cent being a surprise was cute and all. What would have been a better surprise if somebody would have came out there and said, um, straight out of Compton, a crazy name ice cube if ice cube mc ren and dj yellow would have came out then i'd have been like yeah we gonna be all right for sure but you know that didn't go down like that but they don't consult me on these things i don't know about you i know you just wanted to see mary so that was all <laughs> yeah they don't consult me either so i mean <laughs> if that makes you feel better um I, um, yeah, I wanted to just see MJB, you know, that's who was most important to me. Um, I, man, I, okay. So we haven't talked about, did Eminem really kneel? So we gotta, we gotta talk about that piece. Um, you know, there was these rumors that they were not supposed to do certain things and say certain things that definitely didn't. I feel like Dr. Dre did edit, self edit his, um, his lyrics. Um, I, I think they said that uh, Kendrick Lamar did as well. But I mean, there was just a lot of fanfare around Eminem taking a knee. And to be honest with you, I had to see the comments on social media to recognize that he had taken a knee because in that moment, I don't know, like he could have been paying homage to Tupac. And then even with that, you know, the I ain't mad at you. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And I was like, I wonder how the debargers feel with people like that's just that was a homage to Tupac. I'm like, what if it wasn't? What if it was for Bunny and James Debar? What if and it was for Bunny and James and them? Because James was just on a Janet Jackson thing, girl. And that <laughs> listen, I, I feel the same way. But see, that's the other thing when people don't. So we talk about history, history. When you don't know history, history of music, history of culture, you know, you can put your own, you can project your own thoughts, beliefs, and feelings on something and not even know. It was it was gobsmacking, I'll use that word, as you look at Twitter and people didn't even know. They were like, oh, I didn't even know there was a DeBarge song. And we're like, oh, yes, that's why it's important for you to know your history and your culture. Because oh, certainly wow. generationally, some won't even know who the barge is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was like, I didn't, again, it didn't resonate with me that that was a kneel in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick or in protest of the NFL or whatever. But what I will say is there are so many layers to that um, in terms of, so um, maybe because he's not an employee of the NFL, it's deemed okay. I don't know, maybe because he's a white man, I'm not sure, but it just seemed very interesting that it was a lot of people celebrating this moment that felt very insignificant to me uh, in the grand scheme of the whole uh, situation. But I was just, ha I was happy, you know, seeing Snoop always gives me joy because talk about somebody reinventing himself yeah it's like wow between him and iced tea it's like <laughs> iced tea on cheerios commercials iced tea on car shield but you know what else is so, first up yeah, so i want to say something else about you know shout out to anderson pot on the drums you know yes. Vincent wasn't the only surprise guest out there so shout out to anderson pot who was who was playing those drums and um there's one commentary i read and then we'll move on to some other things about the nfl um 
you know, the symbolic, the symbolism mm -hmm. of Compton being the grid that was like projected onto the field. And then they were on top of Compton in different neighborhoods and what have you. I don't know if you really noticed that that actually was the, the street map, the street of like the Compton angle with those areas, right? Mm -hmm. Of those neighborhoods. The symbolism of that performance being in that stadium, which is completely put out the people who were original to that neighborhood, that was not lost on me either. Cause I, I, I looked at that. I was like, Oh, that's the sit. That is actually the geography, the landscape, those, the people who live there for them to put that multi-billion dollar stadium in which they gave billions of dollars in tax credits and set asides because they say, Oh, well, we can't build these stadiums without it to then gentrify and put out the people who were there, who were celebrating. So, well, I, you know, in that, in, in that sense, I, um, you know, on the one hand, I'm happy for the city of Inglewood because, you know, LAX is in Inglewood and for so long there was just no recognition or very little in, in my opinion, recognition of that fact. But, um, you know, you, you're on the one hand, you're happy for the city of Inglewood, but on the other hand, it has it has changed so much so dramatically. And so, you know, a lot of people that still live there, it's it has been tough, but they have definitely, you know, they're the ones who can afford to still live there, their home values have gone up, but there's a lot of people who have been put out and uh, and it's amazing. They threw that sucker up quick because I mean I've only been gone from five for five years, but it it was, I mean, five years for that level of construction is quick. So, you know, that shows me where there's a will, there's an absolute way. So don't ever let somebody in the government of any level tell you what can't be done. Cause when there, when there's a desire, it can be done. Yeah. So then let's talk about that a little bit more, kind of drill down a little bit. Um, so Brian Flores has now been hired as an assistant coach um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mike Tomlin, um, the only black head coach. I mean, if we go, well, no, I guess they well, have, they have now in um, Houston. In Houston, but prior to that, um, who was the last man standing in Mike Tomlin. He hired Brian Flores. And like he said, you need to check his resume, you know, because of course when people ask, why, why did he hire him? It's like, why, why wouldn't I hire him? Look at his resume, right? Look at him and what he's done on defense. Like, why would I not hire him? And so in response to that lawsuit, and hopefully that class action lawsuit continues to go on, um, one Miss Loretta Lynch, who is our first black female um, uh, attorney general for the United States under the Obama administration, was hired or the firm in which she works at was hired to defend the NFL. Now, just take a beat for that. Defending the NFL. How do you defend the indefensible is my question. 
Well, I am not a lawyer, so therefore I cannot answer that particular part of the question. But what I have said is perhaps there are things as a as an attorney that she is privy to that we are not privy to. And so obviously there are things that she's privy to that we are not privy to. But I guess I'm saying it in the sense that perhaps, you know, this is a bad comparison, but when it came to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, right, a few months back, one of the key pieces of, one of the reasons they suggested that he he, he was able to get off is because they kind of overshot the, the charges, right? Yes. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, of course it's her firm, so it's not her specifically, but best believe, I mean, they gonna shine a light on her because she's a black woman and great. Let's pit a black woman against a black man. That's awesome. But <laughs> she's, um, so I'm just wondering if there are some things that she's seen that suggest like, you know, he may have a case, but maybe these are not the charges he should be bringing. Maybe there's some other charges he should be bringing. Or well, there, well the, there are no charges brought because this is not, not, this is not a criminal situation. Sorry, there's not class action litigation, and he's made claims. Claim. So these okay. are his claims. So perhaps you're correct. I apologize. You know, again, I didn't go to law school. So, but Sonny Labuffy, girl, we want you to chime in. <laughs> yes, Sonny Labuffy. Yes, but maybe she sees something that we don't see, and maybe she's thinking, you know, the the claims that he brought are not suitable for the situation. I don't know, but or maybe she like, look, I'm gonna get this money and I'm gonna ride out into the sunset. I don't know. Maybe she like, I'm tired too. Let me just go get, let me get this little pocket change and go find me a, a private island to lay low on, you know. Or maybe it's, um, let's, for optics, let's, we have to do what we got to do for optics because we know they're good at optics, girl. Um, so let's do what we got to do for optics. And I need you to go in here and I need you to get this settled as quickly as possible because the quicker we can get this behind us. So we're going to do what we need to do on the outside. Look good, good. Let's try to settle because we don't want any more discovery. We don't want any more documents that we have to produce because we know what happened the last time we produced documents. We had to settle mightily with one Colin Kaepernick and, you know, so maybe that's what the play is. I don't know. But I hope people stop um, letting their silence be bought. Well, again, I, I stand by what I said two weeks ago, that at some point, I really do feel like it's going to be the if, if NFL players, if NFL coaches, uh, if NFL GMs want to see some changes, because if we go all the way up the chain, there was a great question that was posed by a gentleman who works for NFL Network to the commissioner at, outside of the Super Bowl. I'll have to find that. But he he laid it out there and had the numbers and the numbers just don't jive. So at some point, those 70 percent of black players are going to have to stand up and be bold in support of their 
their the leadership if they want to see more black coaches if they want to see more black gms hell if one day they see a, a black owner which we know that club is even more difficult to break into but if they want to see it i i just believe it's going to have to come from them i you know i just don't think so you mean another labor dispute <laughs> absolutely yeah so i i typed it in there men lie because the, 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 the m um mlb you see they not they not about to play because they're like mm, let's get this money let's get all these things straight ml i have i don't remember and, and perhaps i'm not old enough or what have you i have witnessed the nba having lockdown lockouts and striking and what have you i've witnessed it from mlb but i cannot think of a time when i've seen it from the nfl there was a time like well, in the 80s we okay. were very young okay. I, I i think it was the 80s it might be early 90s late 80s early 90s and when they i mean they did a whole movie on it called the replacements the you know they had to, okay well they had replacement players oh um, and it lasted like i think the you know owners had to cave because i think it lasted all of two weeks um but again that was usl usfl was defunct at the time but then i think that's also when like the the xfl was then kind of born too because people were like it was in that kind of that era mm. so it has had it has happened okay so there is power there um sometimes people don't know they're free next <laughs> all righty well they maybe they don't know they're free i don't know so what what say you about your girl michelle michelle so we, we talked about michelle when she was on um if y'all haven't Red seeing her. We talked about Michelle when she was on when her when she appeared on the view and some of the things she said about Colin Kaepernick then. Yes. She's um, doubling down now. Michelle is like, listen, I'm gonna not only is she doubling down, but she's changing her story too. Because she had the audacity to be talking to that um Santa Claus is white. Y'all know who that woman is who said that. Um, who also tried to leave Fox and have her own show on NBC and was a Oh, I hadn't seen character. anything about her talking to her. I saw her talking yes. to Tucker. Yes. Not he was talking to her and was like, he, because he, because it, based on, because he had the talent, but he made some business decisions. Um, Tiffany Cross um, dragged her for filth on that, that comment already. So I don't need to necessarily drag her for filth on that comment. But the fact is that the business decisions were were not he didn't make business decision he made conscious choices he made conscientious objections and he he was standing up for some things and the nfl and its owners colluded that's why they settled their lawsuit because they knew that they colluded and there was evidence of their collusion that's why they settled that lawsuit and paid him handsomely so he could go away and if and if they had had him as a second, third string on any team, on any roster, on somebody's um, practice squad, it it probably would have all fizzled. But 
they double down like she's now doubling down and changing the story they changed the story multiple times because it was about patriotism it was about the flag it was about this it was about that it was that oh he wasn't good enough anymore and it's been all kind of everything or we're gonna do a sham of a tryout and we're gonna you know we want to control the situation it's been everything the goalpost always moves when you when you are in control of the narrative so miss michelle defoya who has made her career on the sidelines of these of the nfl sporting events and having these conversations and interviewing these people who are the majority of a deeper hue a melanated hue um is now like her uber conservative uh values are coming out and as she said on the view like well why is your color why is your skin color matter because y'all make it matter every day well and that's why i dropped the article it is um Elsie Grandison, um, a, 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 an opinion piece, but I thought it was just very interesting because he starts to talk about even the place in which she lives, which is now 85% white, but was started as, uh, as a black community until, you know, black people were forced out of the community. Um, and so even that in and of itself is, is very rich. It's very rich that you made your career interviewing black men and you you obviously as a woman so you're in you're a woman and you're a sports reporter so you know what the what it looks like right you know what it looks like for women to be in the room to ask the questions and so you also know that in the leadership positions there are not a lot of black people and not a not not a lot of black men and so to stand on the sidelines and talk to those men and make your money and then be like, oh, I don't think race is an issue. I don't, you know, critical race theory is making my kids feel like race is an issue, but I don't make my, my it's no because way. Because when her son was in school and he had his, his best friend was black and, and then they have these affinity groups. And then, and that's when I saw that they saw, and then with his other friend, his best friend was Asian and the same thing happened. They have these affinity groups. Why you didn't encourage your child to go join the affinity group? Right. Or, I mean, why, but for me, even with that, it's like, let's like not be naive. Why do they have affinity groups? Mm. Probably because it's not a lot of them. Because they need affinity and they need to be together <laughs> to support each other. Uh, you know, we 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 see the money too. Oh, know. yeah. I'm and sure. I mean, listen, one thing that... She's, I, she's I, even I, I know she's supporting a, a gubernatorial candidate right now, but it is said that she's even high eyeing her own race. Y'all always follow the dollars. Absolutely. I mean, I... Listen, I'm I'm the stupid one here trying to actually go to a job every day and work hard and make money. Clearly, and I should have just learned from David Duke, right? Because clearly, that brother, not brother, <laughs> ain't never had nobody's job. I mean, even the Klan is a volunteer organization, so it ain't. <laughs> you had no he got job. paid to do that. 
And but he, I don't know if you saw. So Karen Hunter posted this, and then we're gonna get into our next hot topic. So okay. there was a. She said she saw the name David Duke Jr. trending, and she was like, "Who is they? Who is like?" She was like, "What did this Cretan do?" And then she saw the dump that the young black man whose name is David Duke Jr. and their play for Brooklyn. She oh, was wow. like, "So his name is forever going to be <laughs> erased from the annals." Yeah, poor baby. His could <laughs> really consider just calling him by his middle name. But like, but I'm saying, like, I feel like that has been the blueprint. You don't ever have to really get a job. You can just continue to run for public office and, and make money off of it that way. And you know, even with um Michael Cohen when he said Donald Trump is not gonna run for president again because he's making too much money not being president. <laughs> he's making all that money out there. Like these, like our next hot topic. So, y'all, if y'all didn't get into these shows on on, on Netflix, listen, I I watch Inventing Anna. Sister watched The Tender Swindler. <laughs> can we can we get some reparations in the scheming game and the scamming game? Cause see. Black folks go to jail for trying to um to to do little hundred dollar thousand dollar scams. Black mothers go to jail for putting their parents' address to send their child to, to send their children to a better school. These folks here, <laughs> and we didn't put Trump in there too. But it's the same. It's the same scam. It's do you know who I am? Oh, I just want, well, there's something wrong with the bank. You need to check with the bank. I'm getting on this plane and I'm flying across. I'm flying on this plane that I didn't even pay for, didn't book, but I just walked up on here and was like, well, this person said to take care of her. I don't know what to do. We just going to let her get on this plane and fly. She ain't paid no money. Ain't been no down payment. She been in the hotel how long and ain't paid no money? Oh wow, she owes thirty thousand dollars to the hotel right now, and we ain't we ain't collected nothing, and we let her keep telling us, "Oh well, it's coming. It's been a wire." What, girl? Do you know the police would have been there arresting us after after one night? <laughs> Listen, okay, you tell me the premise of inventing Anna. I'll talk about the tender swim. There ain't no premise. This is based on real life story. That chick is in. So she was a, she went to jail and then when she got out of jail, because again, how you got sentenced to 12 years, but you only spend a little bit of time in jail. When she got out of jail, then she was taken into ICE custody because of her um, overstaying her visa. So ain't no premise. These are some scamming. Like who said it? Like Star Jones has said, they have schemes on top of schemes that we can't even fathom or think of. Yeah, well, with Mr. Tinder Swindler, um, I, me and Rob watched, and even he was like, man, but who won? Like, who winning in this? <laughs> so he ended up going to jail for like five months, but it ain't even on that. It was because he had committed some crimes before, and they finally had, these women did all of this to catch up to him. And he didn't even go to jail for the stuff he did to them. But what you want to talk about, like the money piece. And so the women were interviewed on Tamron Hall the other day. And look, I, I'm not going to shame the victims. At the end of the day, they thought this was their friend. They thought they was in love. They thought a whole lot of stuff. Now, granted, just like with The Bachelor, I often say, 
It's so much easier to fall in love when you're going on luxury dates. Let, let him take you to McDonald's and see if you fall in love as quick. If you fall in love as quick, then you might got something. But it's easy when you being flown, flewed out, you know. <laughs> but man, so Terry Hall told one of the girls, she was like, man, you had some good credit, huh? Because how you was going to the bank and getting money upon money upon money. like you was getting loans at all like she got loans at like nine different banks and, and there wasn't no like oh let me just let me just get you like let me just get like a little five thousand dollar loan no <laughs> i want to say her her probably the least expensive one was probably ten thousand dollars this dude told her to bring twenty five thousand dollars in cash let let me say this for the record if there's any man out there thinking that he gonna flew me out. Nah, he didn't even flew her out that time. You think I'm coming with $25,000 in cash? It's gonna be a sad day for the both of us. Because <laughs> I'm like, how do you even begin that? How how does that start? I don't even know how to get $25,000 in cash at this See, point. And here's the thing. You weren't about trying to do, you weren't about trying to do some legitimate, oh, I want to, I want to do a property investment. I want to do this. You be worrying about stuff. Girl, you better stop worrying. Since you might as well say, um, do you know who I am? I am Christina Hill of Hey Sister. You better run me my choice. I'm gonna have to do go something. down at the Bank of America the blue ball. tomorrow. They close because it's President's Day, but go on Tuesday and just go on down there. Go on, call up the credit union and say, Okay, you're gonna have my bail money because I'm gonna be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but man, them sisters was break for one chick. You broke him off over $250,000. Let me explain to you how I don't like Tamara Hall had to say, I mean, yeah, at one point, no, that was a whole house she could have bought for herself. Stop. But she was like, didn't you at one point just say, can't you ask your dad? Like your dad, you're a billionaire, right? You can't you ask your dad? My, oh, well, in Anna's case, my father keeps cutting me off. He just doesn't understand my vision. He just doesn't know. <laughs> oh, I dropped a link in there for y'all about Anna. Well, um, let me use the, the tender swindler. here. Yes, the tender swindler. I think he got paid by Netflix. And then he's trying. Anna to got paid by Anna Sorokin got paid by um Net Netflix as well for her story. She got paid over three hundred some thousand dollars. She's in ICE custody. And they say he and he has more people because he he has a website or something. You can hire him for business advice and all this stuff. So he I he got a new girlfriend like all his girlfriends are blonde so i don't know how he didn't get them confused so that in and of itself was art but yes i'm like oh it's kind of winning he he served he served before and then he served like five months and he's still just fine everywhere living a very lavish lifestyle and we out here we out here trying to do right and they put Ronald Isley in prison for tax evasion. <laughs> and they put Wesley Snipes in prison for tax evasion. Yeah. Mm. And Donald Trump still walking free. God, we not even going to listen. 
Y'all are tuned in right now. Y'all are live with us on Hey Sister. Thank y'all for tuning in and watching. Get involved in these comments. Drop, you know, like, follow, share. If you got something to say about any of these hot topics we talking about tonight, let it forever be said and forever be known. So this next topic, this one, ooh, I got to take a beat and take a nice deep breath before we talk about Paul Blart Mall Cop. So I'm gonna let you lead this story, sister, because it was um, it was in New Jersey, Bridgeport, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yes. So there were there were there was a group of young teens, predominantly white. I only saw one young black man, and apparently, this white teen was a bully, and the black boy was standing up to him. Um, the white guy put his finger in his face and the black boy kind of slapped his finger off and then so the white guy proceeded to swing on him they started fighting and you know the the i don't know how old the white kid is the black kid is only 14 so he's very young they start they get into a tussle of course uh, the other children they're they're filming because we always have our can't our cell phones at the ready but i guess in this case it's a good thing that they did and so then you have two, so they weren't really mall cops, but they were in the mall. Um, two uh, police officers approached the scene, immediately handcuffed the black child. No, let's say this. Sits the white Pull kid. the white kid off, off of the of black him. kid because he was on top of top him. Of her, Sit yeah. him on the couch. Sit him on the couch and then proceeds to uh, handcuff the black child. And so obviously there's... You know, I don't, I don't, I never know what they have to investigate in these scenarios. But what I will say is, as many commenters on social media have stated, it begs the question, you know, can you reform any of these behaviors? Can you, can you train or diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging out these kind of things? Because when you see how quickly these cops approach the scene, like you don't even have time. Like you're not really assessing what happened. You didn't pick both kids up, sit them both down and say, what's going on? Like <clears throat> it felt like an overreach for a team fight in the first place. But then on top of that to automatically, systematically <laughs> arrest this black kid, it's outrageous and when he know. was a defending a friend when the other kid was aggressive in the situation and then the other little kid who while they have the black kid on the ground stands up you know if a black child was sitting on the thing and stood up while the police was doing something he probably would have been shot right a b the white kid he can't even believe what's happening he's been interviewing like i don't know why and you see him in the video like do like this like uh y'all gonna handcuff me like <laughs> Because he's not even comprehending, like, he even understands this what's happening and what's transpiring is unjust and unfair. And it's I will add, I really had a problem that, again, he appeared to be the only Black child there. And the video commentary, the N-word just was flying. And that that gets under my skin. I know these kids these days try to act like it's just a word and it doesn't matter. That got under my skin as well because, you know, again, as you're seeing this play out, 
that's exactly the same word that was levied uh, against black bodies when they were being lynched or arrested or it, it just I, it that made my skin crawl mm-hmm. and it, on top of the fact that this singular black kid of all like and it was so many kids it was so many of them I'm like so nobody else gets arrested not even a, a, a good strong reprimand I don't, as a parent I don't know I don't know what you say to your children I'm happy that his his parents aren't just letting it go but but what do they do what do they do y'all every day as a parent every day you're doing your best and I can speak for me you're doing your best to raise whole healthy conscientious human beings who are confident when they go out and move in the world, who are reassured enough that they can go out and move in this world in a confident manner. That alone is a difficult enough job to have to be concerned about in every space they get in, how they may have to defend themselves how they may have to adjust and modify their behavior, how they might have to um, cower or be afraid, how they might be met with their death for having the audacity to just be. Yeah. That is exhausting. That's yeah. exhausting. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I cannot even imagine. And the thing is, you know, going back to, somewhat to Michelle Tafoya's stupid comments. It's you want your children to feel comfortable in relating to multiple people. You want them to feel comfortable being able to befriend anyone and not have to think about skin color, right? But this right here is proof positive why they have to think about skin color. And to be honest, I really, I had the reaction like, why is your son the only black child there? Mm-hmm. I just, to me, that's just a, it's just not safe. It's just yeah. not safe because not one of the, every one of those white kids could have said, y'all wrong. He wasn't the aggressor. But they were saying it because you could oh. hear them saying, oh my gosh, what are you I heard doing? Them say, oh my God, what are you doing? They have no power either. Yeah, but it's in that moment, it felt like they had a little more power than that little boy on that 14-year-old child. Who who had a knee in his back. Right. So we got a comment here. I want to show it before we go to the next um, thing. And it kind of relates. Um, It says, why do we always have to come to the rescue in spaces where we are immediately deemed the villain and ultimately become the victim? We, We don't. But who else will? But sometimes maybe that's just, maybe we have to stop playing that role. Like we want to do the right things. We do. But doing the right things has cost people their lives. lives. Yeah. And so maybe we just shouldn't. Maybe sometimes we, we need to evaluate the situation 
And I, I applaud the young man for standing up to the bully, but but what is, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if that's, if that's, you know, an honest or true, you know, thing to say, because I can't evaluate playing in the park at 12 years old. Cause I'm supposed to be able to play in the park at 12 years old. I can't evaluate. Well, that, 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 that is not what I can't evaluate. I'm at the gas station at the convenience store and I'm playing music in my goddamn car and somebody would decide my music is too loud for them. And they, they, they inkling, right. I and can't. I'm not, that's why I'm saying, I'm not talking about that. That is, no, we have no control over that. And that's unfortunate. And that's, that's disgusting. But like she said, why do we have to come to the rescue? And like you said, again, relating to the next topic, we don't, sometimes we don't have to come to the rescue. That's what I'm talking about specifically. Well, this is not the, that's not the next time. The next topic oh. is this, the next topic is this. So on this, this week, um, the Dante Wright, who's also, you know, just miles away from where George Floyd was murdered. He also was murdered at the hands of a police officer who was yelling taser, 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 as she pulled out her gun and shot him. Right. And, um, you know, you wanted to talk about the words his mother said in the courtroom because his he is a he has a white mother um, and a black father, so he is biracial, um, but obviously had lived experience as a young black man mm-hmm. in um, the greater Minneapolis area. So, um, yeah. You know, I didn't watch the video where the judge was crying. And as people said, I feel like the judge is crying more for Kim than she crying for the mother or for Dante. I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. I don't know. But you saw some of it and you 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 wanted to talk about what his mom had to say. Yeah, I just reacted to his mother because, you know, like I said, when look, you're talking about not knowing what goes goes through people's mind in a split second. I don't know what was going through Kim Potter's mind when she mistaken her 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 gun for her taser because, I mean, based on everything that I've heard and everything that I've seen and everything people have said about the weight, the weight is different. I've held them both. I've been to I've been to a shooting range. I can tell you that the weight is different. And so, with that being said, you know, maybe adrenaline. I don't know. But first and foremost, a traffic stop just in in this day in 2020, in 20 anything since the year of the uh, since we started this millennium, we got cameras on everything. Right. There is no need for a traffic stop to be deadly for any reason. There's no need for traffic stops. So, you know, one (laughs) thing my husband talks about all the time, he's like in Germany, they don't stop for no traffic stops. The camera takes a picture because they got cameras everywhere we have cameras almost everywhere yeah the cameras take the picture if you speed in they're gonna send you that ticket in the mail if you have any other if your headlight out if any other violations them tickets are gonna be sent to you nobody is stopping you and approaching you for these menial offenses because hey, anybody can have. Oh, I didn't know my my light was not working anymore. That happens to all of us sometimes. I didn't know my light was out. You don't have to stop me and approach my vehicle and creating the level of angst and anxiety that comes along with an officer approaching you in the day or the night time. Cause oh, your light is out. 
that is not even that is not even necessary in the year of 20 anything anyway yeah. I'm, so i'm supposed to be letting you talk girl let me sit back no no that's exactly right so i was just saying that of course i don't know what was going through kim potter's mind but she took this young man's life and you know you know she says oh s-h-i-t i shot him or what have you but I don't think that she ever thought that she saw a black black person. I don't ever think she thought that he might have had a white mother. And so when his mother shows up and, you know, what I did see was her, Kim Potter, crying and men doing the most and oh i pray for dante every day every day i pray for his family and all the tears and his mother was like no i don't forgive you and i had so much respect for her in that moment because talking about doing the right things we have been conditioned to believe as black people very often we're just supposed to take this trauma we're supposed to take this pain and this sorrow and we wear it um like a badge of honor like hey you know look at all that i've been able to pull through and you keep like what happened in south carolina with the uh mother Emanuel victims it's like so many people who were quick to forgive. I just, I, 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 I had so much respect for his mother for saying, no, I don't forgive because you ripped out my heart with one bullet. So mm -hmm. I don't forgive. And I'm liking she's well and within her rights to not forgive. And so when she said about the white woman's tears trump justice, I thought that was very profound coming from a white woman. Um, and you know, what, what enrages me is that I don't really understand how sentencing works in this country. I don't understand how it works state to state, municipality to municipality, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. But in what, in, in what world do you kill a person? accidentally or not and you only get 24 months and you're only gonna do 16 months and for me why i struggle with that so much is because if the reverse was the case just flip it if dante wright had killed police officer kim potter what would be his minimum possible yeah. sentence yeah. that's the part that i don't understand it it that enrages me because here in the phoenix area like last two weeks ago or so there were multiple shootings of police officers and it's not right i hear you know the chief get on television and the chief is a black woman i hear her get on television and talk about how challenging this is for her and how, you know, and she has a lot of, a lot of feeling associated with it. And my first question is, how do y'all not understand then when it's the reverse? Mm -hmm. How do y'all not have those same feelings? You see 
a police officer being, you feel like you're being targeted. You see a police officer get shot and you want the, the, the community, you want the residents to this is, has got to stop. This is not right. You know, our people are being targeted and you want them, you want to evoke a certain feeling in them. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, but when the opposite happens, mm -hmm. when you, in the case of, um, oh, I'm blanking on a young man's name, most recently where they walked into his apartment, Amir Locke, when they walked into his apartment, and yes, he had a gun on the table. Anybody who it, you burst into somebody's house unannounced, no knock warrant, he goes to grab for his gun. He gets killed in another case. And I don't know the gentleman's name, but something I just read about in Pensacola. Did you see that one? The, with the, with the parents, the, yes. So they co-parent that. Yes, that's exactly it. They're co-parenting their children. Mom lives at her house. Dad lives at his house. It's dad's day. He has two of his babies at home. Somebody breaks into, just breaks down the door. What does he do? He grabs the gun and he starts shooting. Mm -hmm. That's what you're supposed to do to protect your family. Mm -hmm. Not only does he lose his job, now he's being charged with attempted murder on a police officer. But he was not wanted for anything. Right. But you all didn't tell. He didn't know y'all was busting into his house. He got babies in there. He's just trying to protect his kids because he thinks it's an intruder. You haven't announced yourself. You haven't. So he gets attempted murder charges for doing what is a natural reaction. But again, when it's the flip side, we're supposed to have compassion and empathy for police officers who are putting their lives on the line every day. And I understand that. But I want to know, when do we get that same level of empathy and compassion? Because Kim Potter should not be getting off. Well, to your point, if you, if you think about it like that, so I'm going to say it like this, using your words. When do we get the same empathy and compassion for just being human and being able to just go outside? When do we get the same benefit of the doubt? Just merely existing. Yeah. So, but see, I'm going to tell you why we don't get the benefit of the doubt. Because it's next damn hot topic. This celebrity-obsessed culture that we have. Because we got people like this. And I know, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I don't have to take the burden of his foolery on. And I refuse to take the burden of his foolery on. And we as a people going to stop taking the foolery on of everybody else. But this right here, flaming hot Cheeto mess. <laughs> flaming hot Cheeto mess. So one Mr. Kanye West, Donda Sun, he has a Netflix special on too. I hadn't watched the documentary. Probably won't watch the documentary because I cannot. I don't need to understand any more than I already understand. 
this is a a young man not so young anymore okay because you're about 40 bro uh, a little older so a young man not so young anymore who obviously has mental health issues mental illness who has been on a steady decline and, and instability has been showing up over and over and over again and you know now he's harassing his um estranged wife her new boyfriend um going on uh social media diatribes and assaulting via those words and language encouraging others to 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 throw slains and assault and you know they whole always want to be pr private and this and other and what it, it some you know this is one of those where i get conflicted because sis you have lived every every minute moment piece of your life you you put it out for public consumption because you wanted it to be publicly consumed because then that got you to be where you are where you have actually um a billion dollar business because we have a celebrity obsessed culture that wants to buy your makeup and underwear so but then on the other hand enough is enough and too much things so that's all i gotta say about about him don't parent like that mm. don't be out in the street like that just don't do that yeah i you know i i could not so first of all it's very hard for me to feel any level of uh compassion under the circumstances as i've said before i used to be a huge kanye west fan and you know i can remember and some of his uh lyrics where he was talking about you know basically the, the woman he, he wanted to marry and have kids with and all of this stuff and um as well as when he was talking about you know how he was in love with kim but kim was in love with him when she was previously married to chris humphreys for however many days that they were married mm -hmm. and i just i feel like you called all this upon yourself you know to be mad and upset now that your daughter has a TikTok with her mother it's a parent you know controlled TikTok. but you married somebody who this is how she's made her entire career. I mean, let's face it. Does she have a talent? None of us are aware of what it is other than, as Nashana said so brilliantly earlier, white privilege is an art. She, she created, along with her mom, she created this persona that allowed her to make a whole lot of money doing a whole lot of nothing and yes now it has translated into um uh, uh whatever whatever her lines are the, the underwear the lingerie the different um uh things that business lines that she has they've it's translated into that but the fact that this woman has been on the cover of magazines and it's like for what they created a reality show when their claim to fame before the reality show was oh they daddy was the dude who defended oj or oh yeah she used to be with paris hilton and whatever oh yeah she slept with ray j on a video like there was nothing there there all of them and like it's brilliant it's brilliant because i don't again i keep going to a job but 
What I will say is, you know, our friend, friend of Hey Sister Donnie Rose, who was on here a few weeks ago, he wrote a piece and I'm going to read some of it and I'm going to try not to read all of it, but it's also good. And so sometimes I, anyway, he says, I'm, I'm kind of relaxed on posting cultural hot takes, but I have to get this off, this one off regarding the pending divorce of Kim and Kanye. You ready? I feel like Kanye is playing up in black folks' face and how he's talking about his marital situation, specifically how he's using language like, quote, not playing about his black kids and his newfound black father rhetoric. Honestly, I believe that much of this verbiage is being used as a future defense should something tragic happen. I'm not hoping that to be the outcome, but there's a lot of disturbing things happening in this situation. There's a lot to unpack as to why I do not believe Kim is the villain. Ye is trying to paint her ass and why she is probably legitimately fearful of him. There's a deep web of identity politics to detangle in order to arrive at some real truth about what we see playing out in front of us and what we don't know going on behind the scenes. And <clears throat> just his first thing was first you of all, drop the link, sister. Yeah. <laughs> I will drop the link, but I was just going to finish. Go ahead, that. finish. I will drop the link for sure. Yeah. So it's like, first of all, everyone knows the Kardashian-Jenner family is all about the public spectacle. So it should be of note how much Kim has tried to resolve her divorce from Kanye privately. What we know about this situation has been largely based on information he has spilled in the public, which definitely comes off as a tactic of defaming her for filing for divorce. Um, and then he talks about how black folks have a lot of disdain for the Kardashian-Jenner clan. And so it's almost like using that, weaponizing whatever cultural disdain that black black folks have. So I will drop the link. But what I, I, I say all that to say, when the sister said black women are not Tylenol, we need to, 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 to underscore that point. Uh, because I guess there was some some commentary about, oh, he needs to get it with a black woman. No, he don't. He Unless she's his black therapist, that's the only black woman he needs to get with. He so. don't need to get with nobody. He need to get with himself. Yes. And that's, that's what I'm saying. The only, only a, a black therapist who can help him find something. He needs to get with himself. So... <laughs> Anyway, child, we go on all night long, but that is not what we're going to do tonight. It is uh, 9.02 on the East Coast. That means it's 6.02 on the West Coast. So we thank you for tuning in tonight to Hey Sister with the hot topics, joining the conversation in the comments. If you like something that we said here, please share it with someone else. Tell them that we're here live every Sunday. And for that, now we are signing off and saying goodnight, everybody. Good night. Drop that link, sister. Well, I'm trying to find it, but you're ready to get off so quick. So I <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get to it. Bye. But I will drop it. Bye, y'all.